Welcome back to the Puffball Exchange. I am Ryan. This is Pia. Mike. And I'm Julia. One day we will get him to go, I'm Mike. It's not going to be today, but one day we will get him to actually use pronouns and articles and verbs and adverbs. It'll be wonderful, but not today. Because today we are watching The West Wing, one of my favorite television shows. I am a geek. It's about politics. It's written by Aaron Sorkin. Life does not get much better than this. It doesn't, and I'm relatively sure sure that I described this to someone today as liberal porn. Well, and that was pretty great. This is the thing with the West Wing, and we're going to get into this as it goes. Now, I, you know, I'm from Massachusetts, so God knows I've met liberal people in my life. But the thing about the West Wing, especially in the first season, it, well, in the first season, it's far more you know liberal of a show than it is towards the end of the show. Towards the end of the show. You know, Republicans, you know, are not evil people, and they got rid of the horns they made all the Republicans wear. That was somewhat awkward in the earlier Sorkin years. But the thing about West Wing is it encourages people to, if you believe something, practice it, and, you know, wear it on your sleeve, and don't hold back. And I think that's a very important uh, thing. So I, I could care less that Bartlett's liberal. If he were a conservative, he should be the best damn conservative he can be. The cool thing about the West Wing is... Just whatever you believe, practice it deeply, wear it on your sleeve, don't be afraid of an argument, and unfortunately in the earlier seasons, everyone who had a coherent argument happened to be a liberal egghead communist a little bit, so it wasn't very well balanced, but near the end of the show, it gets much better, but we are starting off with the Sorkin years. The first year, four, was the first four full years yeah. of the show were primarily written by Aaron Sorkin, the genius who brought us the American president, and also the best romantic line of any movie in the history of the world. And I will act it out here for you. <laughs> I'm very excited. <laughs> I didn't come back because you sent 455 to the floor. Yes, that's right. Aaron Sorkin <laughs> puts the name of legislation in his pickup lines, and they work, and he gets the girl in the Oval Office, and it's not like Clinton or it's Stevie. It was actually <laughs> written. So, so Sorkin, Sorkin. Sorkin has given us so much. He's given us Sports Night. He's given us Studio 60, which the later episodes of which I will forgive him for. And tonight he gives us, uh, well, Julia, you can pronounce it, because I keep trying to put Leo's name in there. <laughs> in Excelsis Deo. In Excelsis Deo. I keep trying to make it Leo. I try to make it Leo. For those of you who have the DVDs, we are on, because we had a problem with this. Julia, by the way, just went to Best Buy tonight, bought her uh, DVD box set, and they gave her no disc one and two disc twos. So you know what that means. She's selling that bad boy on eBay. So if anyone else needs any of the uh, Disc 2 episodes, uh, please see Julia after the podcast. And yep. we're going to be on uh, Disc 2 Side 1. You'll notice, if you have Disc 2 Side 1 in here, there is a shot. If you, if you look at this, right above uh, the White House, we're going to go from we're gonna go from right to left. That's um, President Jed Bartlett. That's uh, Sam Seaborn next to him. Uh, Toby Ziegler in the back. On the far left, we have uh, Leo McGarry, the White House Chief of Staff. And between Toby... And, uh, Leo, we actually have... Crew of Galactica, people of the fleet. Um, just, he just popped in making a special appearance. This is Admiral Adama. He's, he's shoved there between, uh, between Toby and between Leo. That's, um, that's the old man, Bill Adama. And the truth is, I questioned whether this day would ever come. Is that the guy from Star Wars? <laughs> is that the guy from Star Wars? All hands, gun station! Which guy from Star Wars? Jimmy, who was... Never mind. Let's well, I just have to say one thing here. Now, when we do an ordinary Parfic Weekly episode, I can filibuster for three hours. Gun batteries, stand by for target battery! Unfortunately, I have been monologuing for so long, my DVD has restarted, so I think it's time for us to get on the road. Awesome. Oh. All right. 
Yeah, my I got I have the little <laughs> bouncy, changey color ball. All right, we are going back. We are preparing to start episode ten now. Like many DVDs, which I love, if we select episode ten, it will bring us to the box, which gives us the uh, the six acts of episode ten, Ooh, completely right, right, right. completely spoiling the entire episode <laughs> for me. Yeah, so, totally. So then you have to do it like squinting, and then you can't see it. So then you start it on scene five when you find out that Toby has been assassinated, and that just spoils the whole episode for you. So unfortunately, the Whose person job is it to write those titles? I you have... know, like what if what if that was your job, <laughs> Christmas spirit? Yeah. Toby. Can I tell you that's really helpful <laughs> on um on the election episode in season seven. That's these oh, boxes yeah, are bet. incredibly helpful. That's a that's a nail biter, except it shows the, the incoming president elect with his hand up in the air in jubilation. Other than that, we don't really have an idea from the opening credits who won. All right. No, so, not at all. So we are preparing to start on Christmas spirit, which is the uh the first box. Or you could here. just hit start. Yeah. Yeah, so why don't we do that? Let's go down to start episode. We're gonna be starting the episode and doing a little commentary action here. Now, just to recap, Julia uh, was born and raised on West Wing. P.S. was born and raised on West Wing. And Mike is a West Wing virgin. He has watched season one <gasps> and knows that someone has been shot. Now, Mike, your predictions on who is shot at the end of season one. Oh, what, were they, what was I predicting to you as I watched it? You predicted, um, I think, Josh and Leo, if I'm not mistaken. Is that yeah, right? I don't think the president was shot because that kind of kills the whole show. So I think it has to Unless be he lives, but if he dies... You realize then... shot doesn't equal dead. Yes. Yeah. Ronald well, Reagan. Well, technically, yeah, but I mean, obviously they have to kill off someone. Technically. So, so they have to kill off one of the aides, though, I'm guessing it's going to be... Actually, I think it's Sam, because he's the least important of the aides. Now, the interesting thing for this is when this... <laughs> oh, when my God! It, I just, when this show was created, <laughs> the main character of this show was... was it was supposed Lowe. to be Sam. <laughs> Rob Lowe makes so much more than the rest of these actors, and Jed Barlow was supposed to be on the show every five or six episodes, and in the end of the first episode, he made such a, like, the, the thing was gonna be, like, you know, the president's always in the next room, you never see him, but he made such right. a big splash in the pilot that, that he obviously became the heart of the show. So, okay, so you're guessing Yeah, and that- thank God, because, like, how different would the show be if it centered around Sam Seaborn? Exactly. Right, I don't so- think I would like it all that much, because I don't really am enamored of Sam. Yes. Yeah. In this conversation, I'm guessing he doesn't die. Actually. All right. So, so your so but your prediction right now is that Sam gets shot and Bartlett does not get shot. Yeah. Well, he's the president. He can't kill him. And your wait. And your prediction is that Sam also dies. Well, I think one of the masses dies. Is maybe Sam doesn't die. Sam gets shot. And, like, Who dies? Leo dies. Leo dies. Leo dies. All right. Leo dies. Okay. All right, Leo. Not Leo. Leo or his dies. daughter. I can see Leo's the daughter. My favorite. Right. You think Valerie's gonna get it? It would, be, it would it would bring up the racial overtone for the next season. Wait, that would be Mallory. That'd be Zoe, Bartlett's daughter. But let's start the episode because I'm in the Christmas spirit. So we are on start, and we are going to do the old. We are going to do the old three, two, one, click. And on okay. click, we shall click. Now this has all been in practice mode, but we're off practice mode. And here we go. Three, two, one, click. Click. <sighs> hey, you stupid thing! Start. Okay, why don't we go back <laughs> to the main menu? Oh, good lord. <laughs> We are going back I get a waving flag and it says, oh, look, there's... Pause. All right, we are going back to... Menu. Let's do that thing again. So are, we, are we going back? And Excel says, We're about to hit the start okay. menu. So we are doing... I, I lost the thing that's marking where my cursor is. What? Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't know. If I hit enter now, I don't know what part will start. Let's try... Okay, well, you're going to do Christmas spirit. Can we do Christmas spirit? Okay. 
I think I think I'm on there because it's, it's the blue. blue and all the others are yellow. All right, let's predict what's going to happen in this episode. All right, Christmas well, spirit. It's kind of cheating. T- it's Christmas time. Toby's coat. Toby goes shopping. Presidential gifts. Bartlett considers buying the coat buying for Toby. Toby a book. Skid Row. <laughs> Toby loses everything he has, but still has the coat. Honor guard, Toby is unfortunately shot and killed. All right. Christmas spirit. Three, two, one, click. And I have a waving flag and yes. the West Wing. Oh, and Danny and, Danny the, and goldfish. the goldfish. Oh, that's, that's what I like, Danny. Alice and Janney has the best laugh, I think, of any actress other than Nana Visitor from Star Trek. The two of them just have the best laughs. I know, I love this too. Put closed captions on, let me find them. So I kind of don't want to mess it up. Subtitle. That's what I'm looking for too. John Spencer is such a tremendous... There they are. Yeah, I like him. He might be my favorite of all of them. He he is my... Leo is... Leo is five. He's like... Leo's up here, and then... Bartlett is maybe like a little bit below him and everybody else is like 10 miles down. And I don't think it's any secret. I mean, we obviously gave away somewhat of what's going to happen at the ending of the season. If you're listening to this, you know, hopefully you're not watching us for the first time or watching the show for the first time, but Obviously, it's pretty common knowledge that John Spencer passed away uh, midway through the seventh season. I have to say, John Spencer, DeForest Kelly from Star Trek, and Tim Russert, three men who passed away and maybe want to live in my house for the rest of my life and, like, come outside just to get the paper. Like, just yeah. Huge losses. All right, uh, what we have here is we have um, CJ in the back. We've got the uh, White House uh, communications director on the right. We've got Sam Seaborn on the left, and we've got a total waste of a character right there in the center. Yeah, God. She used to be married to the blonde guy with the funny hair, right? Uh, she used to date Josh. No, she used Josh. to date him. She used to date Josh. All right. Now, Mike, here's the interesting thing. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, at the part you're at closing out the, uh, the, the, the first season, Mandy is not at the, at the, the site of the, uh, of the shooting. You will never see Mandy again. Wait, she's no, involved she in the conspiracy? Up. She's off the show. They just write her character she's, off. You will yeah. never see Mandy again. Why did you have an explanation nope. for it? She's nope. Presumably, yeah, no, it was gets, the memo. No, that, that's the only thing you can assume is the memo. They never say it was the memo, right? Huh. Well, she didn't really do much in this one, so right. Should have killed her though. Why not have her shot? Yeah. These people are such geeks. I love how. Oh, they're I love this right about- here. Domingo. <laughs> <laughs> Now, that obviously would never happen. The Secret Service is not your personal messenger service, but you know what? Who the hell cares? It's funny. I love how they were just arguing about, no, 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 the millennium starts next year. <laughs> These people are such I dorks. It's awesome. And this is when I realized it doesn't match real presidential terms. I spent like an hour puzzling over how it could possibly work out. Yeah. Good Lord. What kills me is the uh, the, the man who took over for Aaron Sorkin in the fifth season through the end of the show. Also doesn't, he has no idea that they were not on the real terms. His explanation was that season one starts half, a uh, year and a half into Bartlett's term, which is BS. Totally. Otherwise, otherwise, you know, the, the midterms would be happening right now, and it's just, it's just ridiculous. It's yeah, like an AU, where, it's an AU where the midterms and the general or the presidential are switched. Yeah, but then they, they, right. they, they screw up the last term too, but. Yeah, before I was talking to Ryan, I was trying to come up with all these scenarios. Like, well, maybe by millennium, they really mean... In your yeah. mind, Bartlett was elected in the election of eighty of 98. That's the only way it'll make work. <laughs> right. Can I just take a second to say that I absolutely love the West Wing theme music? 
It's one I of my favorites. It it's it so like my, it might be my favorite theme music. The closing music yeah. is so bizarre though, because it doesn't match the show at all. No, keep it for so everyone. what? It's pretty. Ah. But I, I love the opening music. It just like it perfectly fits like the grandiose epic level that you're talking about here. It's great. Do you guys love how I use the word epic, like, actually in context there? I was very impressed by that. Thank you. Can I just say, I love this moment here. This Toby has got to be one of the best characters in the show. He's so beautifully portrayed by Richard Schiff. And the thing about Toby is that you could write the scene where you have this big presidential advisor and he's getting called in to deal with, you know, the, the crisis of, you know, uh, of homeless veterans in this country. And it's not. It's He donated his coat and a homeless guy got it and died in it with his card in the, in, in the pocket. It's such a quiet, personal way of getting Richard Schiff involved. I think he handles it right. I think the writing is just... It's really quick this could be anyone. This could be me that they call in because I donated the coat. It just happens to be a senior counselor to the president. And what do you do if you have that? Right. I was thinking about this earlier today as we were uh, preparing for this. The two characters in the show who are so close but so far apart are the characters of Josh and the characters of Toby. Toby is the believer. He's he's the liberal. He believes in he believes in a very liberal ideology. It means something to him. It matters to him very much. It's not about the politics. It's not about electoral math. To him, it's about helping people. It's about accomplishing good for people. Whereas Josh is very much Harold Ickes, who was um he was modeled after um who is now a Hillary Clinton uh, senior advisor. He's very much, he lives and breathes exit polls and electoral math, and he's more into the into the nuts and bolts of it. So I think it's really interesting when you look back at the first season here, and then mm-hmm. you jump towards the end of the show, and you see who was the one who sought out Santos. And you really right. see those two characters kind of... Santos? You don't know him yet, but... You don't know him yet. What you're but- going to see is you're going to see... Um, Josh become more of the believer, and you're going to see Toby become more of the nuts and bolts. Well, they, yeah, I mean, I by that point, though, they had no choice. I mean, no, consider what, what happens to Toby in the seventh season. Like, he has no choice. No, what I mean is, who, but not the seventh season. Um, this is all in the sixth. What I'm saying is, when you look at who is the believer who goes out and finds a guy, you know, this is, this is our new leader, who is the idealist? The idealist is Toby, but it's the nuts and bolts guy who actually... Well, in some ways, Toby's a nuts and bolts guy. Like, I, I'm thinking about the whole, um, Mendoza. Wasn't it Toby who was saying they shouldn't go for Mendoza, they should go for the other guy because he's, you know, center of the road? No, or... no that was Josh. That was Josh. Oh. Josh wants... Actually, that was both of them, wasn't it? Josh it was... I, I could have sworn it was Toby. Josh wanted to get something accomplished. Toby was very much into privacy. Oh, this is a great moment. This is an moment. <laughs> I love this. Watch. This is my parents. It. Who the We're hell is this? Holiday. Holiday. Like, oh, just sign We're spreading holiday cheer. <laughs> who is this? Sign the damn thing. Wait, who is this person? <laughs> I love this. My favorite is the line. Who the hell is this? That's this your sister. Your sister. Oh. I love Margaret. She's so weird, but she, she's really Nicole cool. Robinson came in, and this was just a regular role. It was just this non-script secretary, and she played her like she has nuclear launch codes, and it just adds so much <laughs> to the show. Yeah, it totally does. Now, this is interesting. In the first season, you have both the president and you have the White House chief of staff both covering up major details of their past. Right. And they're both best friends, and they've both known each other for 87 years, and they want to do such great things, but they're held back by the... But the difference is, one of them's keeping... I love Leo. We don't do these things. 
I love you so much. We we don't do these things. Like that's I said that to someone in Gryffindor like three weeks ago. That's such a it's such a Gryffindor thing to say. This is a we, great and, and look at his tie. It's Gryffindor colored. <laughs> awesome. The thing with the character of Leo is he's written as this old incredibly well off individual who has so much going on in his life that's bad that he compensates by you know, just dressing impeccably. This is a huge mm-hmm. plot line in the first season. It's the plot line of the of the gay boy who is who is killed. Um and it's reminding me so much of the Oh, I can't think of it. What's the famous case of the of the gay Oh, Matthew Shepard. I think it was supposed to. It, it, oh, it was obviously supposed to, but yeah. the, but the, what I love about this is that you have the, 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 the White House believes that the father was ashamed of his gay son, and the plot line is that the father loved his gay son and, and accepted his gay son, but he's embarrassed by the president because the president is afraid to say it, because the president is... This is the point in the administration where the president's afraid of his own shadow, politically. And he's right. not being bold, and you see that in the Bartlett Bartlett, but this is... Yeah, this hey, Ryan, I have a question that. for you. What's that? I, I know when I was watching, you know more like this about the political workings, but I, did, I remember thinking as I was watching this first season that it seemed like TJ was much more in the inner circle than you normally think of press secretary. I never thought of a press secretary so- as... Well, the, the thing with the press secretary is you never want to have the press secretary in the room because then they ask the press will ask the press secretary what he or she knows and they can't say I know nothing because they obviously do. So it's you play this balancing act as the administration. Don't tell them certain things so they can't go. They can go out there and say, "Hey, look, I don't know. They haven't told me." But if you then do that, then you look like you're out of the loop and you look ineffective and people don't bother asking you for your opinion. So you really play this right. nasty game when you're the press secretary. It's interesting to bring that up, Mike, because that actually becomes a thing in, a, in like yeah. the next season or the season after. She seems like one of the most important people, you know, in the hierarchy in terms of who they who runs things. In terms of the president, I'd say until pretty much the end of the season, the president does not have enormous respect for CJ as a worker bee. He loves her like a daughter, but if he needed something done, he calls one of the boys and he just doesn't think she has the, the cojones to, to do it. He doesn't think she has it. And I think you see over the, she has to earn every bit of respect that she gets. And she's probably the most capable person, certainly the most loyal person. Yeah, for in sure. The, in the building. And are those two together? No. They, no. you would, you would think so, but. Okay, let, how to how to phrase this? Josh and Donna are like Harry and Ginny. They're like Ron and Hermione. They're like Ron. Yeah, that's much better. They're like Ron and Hermione. Yeah. Except that Josh is Hermione. They're like. (laughs) They're they're just they beat around the bush with each other for years, and whether or not they get together in the end, I'll let you watch season seven and find that out for yourself. But these two are just ridiculous. And this is such a difficult thing because you're in a political environment and your job is to protect the president. But what do you do? Every single person in the show, every person who works in the West Wing other than Jed Bartlett is expendable for the boss. And what do you do when the chief of staff, who is essentially your dad, he's essentially the de facto right, leader. What do you do when he's about to be taken down? Do you, you have to, it's, it's difficult because who do you take the bullet for? And they, they all want to take the bullet for him. Right. I love this scene. He is so cute with the kids. I know. 
He's like, I wait a minute, I know I'm the president of something. He's great. The actor of Bartlett looks very familiar to me from somewhere, but I could never couldn't say where. Martin Sheen. It's Martin Sheen. He's played the president of the United States uh, eighty-seven times, I think, in different. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. He- yeah. He was also. Have you seen the American president? He was the chief of staff in that. The American. And he was- yeah. The American president. Half the lines from the American president will be found in one West Wing episode or another. Oh, for sure. Except for, um, I didn't come back because you sent 455 <laughs> to the floor. Well, that's the uh, Bartlett Affair episode in late season three. That was He has an affair? Uh, no, he doesn't. <laughs> oh, Josh, Josh. Oh, my God. Mike, that was a joke. Oh, I, I was like, oh, my God. Jed Bartlett would rather. Jed Bartlett would drive himself over with his car before he cheated on Abby. Even though Abby See, in some episodes scares the shit out of me. <laughs> I love Abby. Abby is literally the only person on the planet who can rein in Jed Bartlett's ego. She's phenomenal. I love the episode where it's, um, does Arby, does, during the, um, election campaign, does Abby Bartlett love her children? What's, of course, <laughs> what's the next issue? Grandpa. Friend or foe. There there was a better one. What was it? It was during one of the campaigns or something along, something like that. Leo was just like, things were just going insane around the White House. And Leo just goes, I made a call. And everyone goes, who? You're calling Abby. And and then Josh goes, really? And he goes, I had to. I was getting desperate. And then in walks Abby and goes, what the hell have you all been doing while I was gone? Well, this is the thing here. This is the point of the season where you almost, your respect for Bartlett becomes so much more later when he finally stands up for himself. Because right now, he wants to, he wants to just run in the other room and jump on television and scream about tolerance, but he doesn't because it's apolitical. And it's just, he's not himself. He's trying to force himself to be the president. I think that's realistic too, though. I think you see that a lot, especially, I think especially with, um, Liberal national candidates, or Democratic national candidates, I should say, where they try to move to the center and seem. Oh, that's certainly true. I mean, this is the, and it doesn't work. I mean, the one thing there's a line Bartlett has in the fifth season, which I'm loath to quote the fifth season, but I'll do it just in this one instance, where he says to he says to another character, you know, all of the things that we came to fight for, all of the things we wanted to do, and it's like they they got nowhere because of just the reality of this place called Washington. It's, you know, he believes in certain things, but when you, like, look at George Bush, you know, lo- love him or hate him, he had, you know, very, you know, deep ideas of what he wanted to accomplish as president, and he's li- literally driven the bus directly into the wall at 88 miles an hour. I mean, what do you do? And this is fantasy. We don't want to watch, you know, an ineffective leader week after week after week, so how does Bartlett do it? Okay, can I just tell you, it's absolutely impossible to read 655 pages of briefing memos every day and then, like, go to lunch. Like, you just... I don't know. I, perhaps I, Sam I, has... Perhaps Sam well, has... Maybe Mike, super- the speed reader, can do it. Well, no, I just say, as a history grad, we I had to read a good 400 pages a day but, and also, you know, work and go to class. So I, yeah, it's but, doable, I think. Yeah, but, but... But Sam's doing this all before lunch. Yeah, you can't... Well, it's like the episodes where, you know, Donna goes out at 2 o'clock in the morning for lunch. That's a little overdone. No I way. love this. I love how Sam is just, like, defending Laurie. Like, whoa. Until he finds out that it's Leo. And then he's like, oh. Yeah. We should it's, go see her. It's like, how far would you go for your friends? Yeah. It doesn't matter your job. It doesn't even matter at this point. I don't think it matters... You know what the effect is on Jed Bartlett. This is between them and Leo. Leo's the 
the, the daddy of the family, and they've got to go take on Do you the approve of their actions? Um, I don't think they approve of their actions. I think that when someone's got a gun to your kid's head, you do things that you would never ordinarily do or condone, and I think that's a theme that's hit home in some later episodes of the show, but I think everyone's acting very irrationally because they just so love the guy who's being taken down, and you know what it is? It's when you're on the inside, too. They know Leo. They know Leo is capable of his job. They know he's not a drunk. They know he can do it, and it doesn't matter, and I think that's one of the most maddening things about Washington. You can be an incredibly talented person, but if 20 years ago you knew the wrong guy, you're forced to resign. And that's something where they're trying to insert their will over the political reality. Right. Ah, yep. Dolores Lanningham. I uh, like her. I love her. I love her. She's okay. so phenomenal. Her she's person. like she's like the Lady Chi of the White House. She is. She's the <laughs> gatekeeper to Bartlett, and she's snarky. Can and I just point like, out when Lady Chi denies when Lady Chi <laughs> denies me bagels, she is so out of here. <laughs> yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> you know, anyone who's checking my my Skype message knows right now that I have deep respect for Lady Chi. What's your Skype message? You don't I have, have to Skype go see what it is. Wait, you don't have a Skype message. You don't have a Skype message. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> I so too. He's a Lady G fanboy. Okay. This is such a sad. This is such a. is landing him. Yeah. She is such a. She's like, like you said, she's the chi of the family, and she's such a. She's such a hard. Not to crack, but she's an older woman, and she's lost everyone. She's lost her husband. She's lost her two boys, and you know, as you see in the late second season, she loses so much more, and it's, she's just such a yeah. She loses, what else could she lose? Just keep watching. Keep just watching. watch the second season, Mike. Keep watching, but she's such a she's just such a wonderful character. Yeah, she's she's great. Uh, this scene. I just want to reach through my TV and hug her. And when you, and when you, you find out more about her backstory, um. In the finale. I miss my boys. That's it too. It's like anyone who's lost a child or lost a parent. It's just, there's no, you know, sense of depression with it at times. It's not debilitating. You get up and you go to work, but you just so strongly miss someone and you feel every moment they're not there. It's just such an awful. Yeah. And this is Toby. This is the guy who came to Washington to fix the world, and he believes in things. And there's guys who had their butts blown out. This is blown. Korea, right? Am yeah. I, or am I, yeah, yeah, yeah no, you're right. This is Korea, and these guys got their butts blown out. There's a thing today in the uh, Boston Globe, Massachusetts, is donating something like $20 million to get um, veterans who are homeless into really cheap, ratty motel rooms just to get them off the street. And it's that's where we're at in this country right now. It's where... Ugh, that is a sad, Rush, sad It's like, well, it's like Rush Limbaugh, you know, love him or hate him. I, you know, no disrespect intended with this, but he's making $400 million over 10 years because he's a, a wanted commodity and he provides a lot of service to someone. But then we've got, on the other end of it, we've got homeless veterans, you know, living in the in the, in the streets. I mean, there's got to be something that can be done to you know, maybe pay him $375 million and give everyone a holiday yeah. in rooming room. I was reading this thing, uh, I have no idea if it's true, but it was claiming that, like, a large percentage of the homeless veterans, they're actually, um, not even realizing it, they're the victims of some, of, like, identity theft, and that their money and their pensions, whatever, are actually being collected, just not by them. 
Mm-hmm. I believe well, it. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that too. Look at Walter Reed. Look how we treat our veterans. They're tearing down Walter Reed and they're building a new building called Walter Reed to care for them because it's such a mess and it never gets reported until they call in Anderson Cooper. Yeah. And you have to realize too that Toby is, I forget what college he went to, I think Stanford maybe. He's just. No. Where Toby went, Toby went to like City University of New York. Did he? Yeah. Josh and Sam were the pretentious ones. Oh, that's true, too. <laughs> Sam went to Harvard and then Yale. Oh, oh, no. Sam went to Yale and then Harvard. Or Josh went to Yale and then Harvard and Sam went to Princeton. Okay. Well, that kind of blows what I was going to say out of the ordinary. Uh, I was going to say it's remarkable that someone, you know, comes down to that level. But I think that's maybe his roots. I mean, when you, especially when you see where his dad comes from. Yeah, for sure. His wife, though, is a, uh, what, congresswoman, senator? Uh, his ex-wife. His, his ex-wife. And, wife. yeah, she's a congresswoman. She's a congresswoman. She still has a crush on him. So, uh, I think so. I think they're going to be, be there are people who just have tremendous chemistry with each other, yeah. but they went there, did that, didn't work so well. Yeah, I like. Th- I okay, love I'm right sorry. Now could, how could, Mandy could the, is so upset. Could one of those Secret Service agents, no offense, just like totally blow her brains out right there in the middle of the <laughs> Oh my god, why do you hate her that much? She's just uh, she's horrible. I she's think, such a waste. I wonder if- shut up, man. And can I tell you, shut it's up. it's not that I don't like you know add-ons to the family. They. <laughs> they had they had they had so many characters to the show. By the time it's over, it's like you don't even remember who started on the show. But it's just that one character. Just her, her, and the intern from year five. They just need to you know go missing on a cruise. <laughs> wow. Wait, which one was the intern from year five? Um, Pierce, the senator's nephew, or something. Ah, yes, he was. He My was Secret an Service name is Flamingo. Well, I love it with um Bob Russell. <laughs> with- Bob Dang. Russell's so boring that Bob Russell's Secret Service code name is Bob Russell. Bob Russell. <laughs> <laughs> I like this right here. This is what you don't see later in the show because the characters go in so many different directions in their career. Yeah, you don't see them ever just hanging out anymore. And you won't really after the why not? After the what? When, well, after the finale, you don't expect they're going to be hanging out because they all go in different directions. Um, they oh, sure. They all get. You're not going to see at the end of the last episode. You're not going to see you know press secretary C.J. Craig and chief of staff Leo McGarry and you know presidential H.R. I mean, everyone's going to move on. They're going to get promoted. They're going to get new jobs. They're going to bring people in. It's it's evolving. Or they get their money to they're done with their. Yeah. It's that, well, no, you're going to see people in different positions. In, you know, in different. It, some people will go to work on presidential campaigns. Some people will get promoted within the White House. Some people will run for office. You're going to see a very different show by the end of the show than at the beginning. And, you know, it, that kind of made me a little bit sad because, I mean, I just think that this is one of those rare instances where you have such a phenomenal group of people that get on so well together that when you put them all in the same room, it's like you can get so much done. Yeah, And then but- just, the course of life just breaks it up and, you know. Nothing lasts forever. I think they couldn't have got... I don't think they could have kept the... Well, I think you saw it in year five and them trying to keep it running and they just couldn't do it. But I think you see, especially in the last two seasons, you, you just see this... There, there's such tremendous talent that you try them in different places and see what they can do. And there's a, even a great episode where I think even Leo remarks at the good old days. And I think it's, you have to have that change to have the good old days. So. Right. Though I firmly believe it doesn't matter what you start off with, they always become the good old days eventually. Yeah. Like, seriously, you can find the most dysfunctional whatever, and three years later, if you're all still together, it's the good old days. Welcome to Parfait Weekly, the place where the story never ends. 
Can I just say, this is great, too. It's, you're the president of the United States, and your chief of staff is in the resign to save your ass, and your entire thought is, he, I'm Jed Bartlett, he's Leo McGarry, I'm taking the bullet for him. And it's such a dichotomy where who's the boss and who's the... Yeah, I love it. I just love any reference Charlie has over the years to the fact that he's sleeping with the president's daughter. I just <laughs> cracks me up tremendously. Especially yes. when he accidentally slips it out to Bartlett. Oh. When does he slip it out to Bartlett? Uh, there's an episode where he slips it out to Bartlett. Wait, like later? Way later? There, yeah, there's a line where he's like, oh yeah, pre- Mr. President, we've been sleeping together for a while, and there's just like this awkward moment of silence where I think Bartlett's summoning the secret Well, I guess she didn't die. Yeah, then. I remember that. No, you don't know that. Well, if she's, if she's still alive, he's slipping out that he's sleeping with her, she can't be dead. I never said she didn't get shot. Hey, listen, there's a whole first season... The, the, in which, oh no, you never mind, that doesn't work. That's a great shot there. There's the capital way, way, way in the background, and here's Toby down under the... Under the bridge with the homeless people. This has got to be one of my favorite scenes with Richard Schiff. Yeah. Let's just watch him. I also actually really like that guy, um, not, not, um, Walter Hoffnagel, the other guy. You don't like him? No, I love him. I've always liked that character, because it's like this... He has the guy a, who's pointing there? That yeah. guy? I love I, him. I've always loved that character. I don't know why. It's Yeah, I'll be here tomorrow. I'll take care of him. You're not giving this guy anything. Yeah, and it's just, yeah. I like him, too. He's a veteran. And I love, that, I love that Toby tried to give him money, and he was like, no, 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 you need it for the bus. And the guy's right. He, has, he like, I, just, I love that. And Toby takes the money back. It's just so... Yeah, well, he has to. I mean, you know. This entire thing is just phenomenal. I love Aaron Sorkin. You, you, know, you go to Washington to move billions of dollars around and get universal health care for people, and that's the one thing you're able to get accomplished. You're able to take a brother to his brother's funeral. And yeah. He, and no one killed, you know, aside from some strings. Aside from some strings he has pulled, he could have done this as a clerk at Best Buy. He doesn't need to be a senior counselor. He gets some fancy strings pulled later on, but it's yeah. just, he's a guy named Toby, and he believes in something. Yeah, and I think it's a, I think that's a big reality check, because, you know, you come to Washington to make a difference, only to, you know, have the actuality of politics get in the way, but, you know, this is something he can actually do, and I think that's really, it's a nice little reality check for Toby. I love it, this guy here comes over to check on Walter yeah, to make sure Walter's okay. the first thing he says is, you want your coat back? Yeah. Walter in his northeasterly wound. Not Walter, I can't think of his name. No, yeah, he, is Wal- he is Walter. He is Walter. How much money do you think these guys make, roughly? $125,000 a year. Really? Uh, that's pretty Roughly? Bad. Nope, that's, that's that's around what these guys make. No that's more than money. Do you mean the actors? Or oh, no, the actors, prob- uh, the no, actors. I, 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 meant, I meant the character. The character, actually. probably about 130000 140000 a year, maybe. That's not bad. 
they probably make more afterwards, right? When they're done with the oh, presidential yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah for but sure. to- Toby doesn't give a... Cr- There's even a line Toby has in here about, um, would he ever go into the private sector after he's done with politics, and his exact response is the pay would have to be unbelievable. But, yeah, mm-hmm. but we know he's lying, right? No. Oh, no, well, what, went, what about when he scams out of the stock market all that He much? didn't scam it out. He did not. Yeah, yeah he did. He got the insider tip. No, and he, then he didn't. Got $700, he, Mike, did you even watch the episode? He po- he typed the thing out not knowing that it. he had no idea well, what he Well, that was his excuse, but no, you my, believe my, that. My, yes, I did. You should, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like, yes, believe it. Is it you, Michael? Nah, Mike, we do these things all the time for you. He he honestly had no idea. I just thought it was an excuse because nope. you can't admit you stole five hundred thousand. No, you would not. No, he. We're not going to go off track, but okay. He, sorry, he, I'll, I'll no, take your word on it. He he had absolutely no. idea. He honestly had no idea. This is Toby, the believer. He had no clue. Yeah, Toby would resign before that. Well, I I think better of him than I did up until five seconds ago. Well then, I'm glad we were here. I love this. He's giving back the. Yeah, giving back the money. It's like he try. It's like he does without thinking, and that's. I mean, Toby is impulsive. I mean, we know that from watching the full show. But. Right. Oh, Toby. Oh, oh CJ and her. CJ's list. <laughs> I love it. Dave's just sitting there like you made a list, like you didn't. <laughs> love. I love. I would make a list. Oh, yeah, you would. Yeah, she would absolutely make a list. So let me to express my shock. I would go out with Danny so I wouldn't have to make a list. Yeah. Sorry to jump all over you there, Mike, but he definitely, uh, he's even said in the episode, if he sat there and typed out his friend's testimony, he would have absolutely no idea what it meant. So I was thinking of him as kind of cynical and jaded because of that, so I'm nope. glad you mentioned that to well, me. There you go. Ignore your list. I'll put it this way. Anything that comes out of Toby Ziegler's mouth, believe it. Now he's going to take everything literally just like with Chi. Yeah. What? Well, no, don't take... She is sarcastic about everything. Toby's actually being honest. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) This is the thing here, Bartlett. Let Bartlett be Bartlett. What's the episode where they where he changes his mind on that? Now it's one of, it's that's actually seen it. it's actually Let Bartlett be Bartlett. It's the uh, twenty. No, it's like the nineteenth episode, maybe of the season. This is the entire first season. CJ with a great idea. Leo telling her to shove it. <laughs> Thank you. Leo most often being wrong. And Leo has a daughter, doesn't he? I'm remembering that right. Yeah, Mallory. Leo's daughter. How do you keep all their names? I watched the show for a while. Yeah, this is great here with uh, CJ offering to cook for her quote-unquote father. Is it out of curiosity yet? I know I was thinking, it's probably the timing of when I was watching this, but I was trying to think in my head, like, huh, I wonder if Obama could be like this? Or is that too politically loaded a question for this podcast? Um, I think that what you will see is... I'll put it this way. The, the writers at one point 
asked themselves the question, what would it be like if this guy named Barack Obama that no one's ever heard of runs for president? And I think that what you see is you you kind of see that happen in real life, but the writers never intended that. So the right, Aaron Sorkin is incredibly optimistic about politics, or he writes a world in which people can be proud of politics and be proud of politicians and civil servants and all that jazz. And yeah, there's no corruption at all in this. Oh, there, there, there certainly will be. The president has a debilitating disease that he never told anyone about. And I don't consider that corruption, though. He, you know, I mean, he got elected and didn't tell anyone about it, and there's some other stuff that comes down the pipe, and there's stuff with international law, and there's stuff about treason. There's certainly... Uh, well, I guess there's a difference between, I guess, dishonesty, and if you can call that dishonesty, maybe, and corruption. Bar- like, I don't Bartlett, see this. Bartlett is an honest person, and when Bartlett lies, it costs him dearly. Right. I don't see him ever I doing... Love- I love how Laurie handled this whole scene. Well, She's this, great. This is this is the thing. Yes, she has sex with people for money, but does that mean that's her whole existence? Of course not. And I think that's what's awesome. I love Josh going postal and then like yeah. regretting it immediately after. I think civic lessons from a hooker. <laughs> does the IRS really work for him? He's throwing his power around in the exact way that Toby isn't. This is the right. difference between Toby and this is the difference between Josh, and you see a real change in that over the run of the series. Although not too extreme of a change. You don't see them switch places, but they both pull in a little bit of each other. Yeah, but he just totally crossed the line here, and he did it for Leo, and he's... He regrets it immediately. Yeah. Fine. Look now. This is what I love right here. Watch Leo. Oh, this is this is. I love how he looked. But he, I love that momentary thought. I remember a young child running around the house who may have been a woman. <laughs> but I'm too busy right now. I'm the White House Chief of Staff. <laughs> it's good politics. Okay, now you sold. Now I'm in. Well, I love how they do that. They can have an episode about the census. They can have an episode about hate crimes. They can have an episode about... As quickly as possible. You have us tailed. <laughs> <laughs> because you two are total idiots. <laughs> Well, it didn't work out too well. You should have had them shot. <laughs> that was your goal. Like, what are you having them tailed? <laughs> Get tailed over it. <laughs> I like that. There's the there's this theme throughout the show that you see Bartlett and you see Leo subscribe to. That is, if you're going to fall and that's the only thing you have left to do, if you've lost and you're going down, how you go down matters a great deal. It matters very much to Leo that he goes down honorably and not with CZ tactics trying to. Clark's yeah, way sure. back up to the top end. 
it's you don't want your associates to do that on your behalf because then you somehow sanction it. But these are the, these are people who are literally walking into fire trying to protect you. And how do you not acknowledge that? Do you think it could be in the back of his mind that if he does have to walk out, he gets to go back to his wife? No. No, I think that's over. And I think he knows it's over. I liked her, too, though. Yeah. We don't really know that much about her. You only see her in a couple of scenes, I think. Yeah. Margaret! He, he made his decision. His wife wasn't a priority in his life, and love with her hate that that was the decision he made. Yeah, right. I'm sad. And I don't think she'd take him back anyway, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't think I'd want to be married to Leo. <laughs> I probably wouldn't either. Yeah. Hey, fish boy. I love Danny and CJ. Those two are so awesome together. All right, now this is CJ here attempting to rewrite history. She's a revisionist press secretary. Now, here, now I have to tell you, this is the difference between Dana Pirro, uh, Bush's spokesperson, and Jed Bartlett's spokesperson, uh, one Claudia Jean Craig. Claudia Jean Craig, flamingo to some, just backtracked on the fact that she asked Danny Cannon out on a date. Bush's press secretary, uh, Dana Pirro, did not know what the Cuban Missile Crisis was. Pro, con, <laughs> compare, contrast. <laughs> Josh and he didn't Josh know what the, the Cuban Missile Crisis was? She had to ask know what the Cuban friend. Missile Crisis was? She had to ask a friend, and she's the spokesperson for the President of the United States. Can I just point wow. out here, we don't know what's written in the book. No, we don't, but we know that it had a very nice effect. They should get together. Perhaps. Yes, they should. If Mike, millions of people agree with you. She's too good-looking for him, really. He should be lucky to get her. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's a very powerful person. Yes. <laughs> he, the, the IRS works for him. Yes. For seven more years, anyway. I should start throwing my weight around on Puffwa. You know, I hate to tell you... <laughs> what weight? I could make you a Slytherin in, like, five... Oh, please, Julie Alway, can you turn my screen back? I don't like the blue. You'd be <laughs> Julie okay, would be that's a really annoying. Slytherin. You'd be nothing without me. All right. I would be a horrible <laughs> Slytherin. Ugh. No, you wouldn't. You'd be a great Slytherin. I still love that Richard wanted to be a Slytherin. I would be a very bad Slytherin. Slith- well, this is the politics of Puff. Sli- Richard comes out and says he was originally supposed to be sorted into Slytherin. He says this to me as the Gryffindor head of house at the time. Yeah. <laughs> that was unfortunate. All right. Poor Slytherin. Oh, the mural room, for it doesn't exist in the real White House, but it should because it's so multi-purpose. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can have choirs in there. You can have meetings. Yeah. Where's the door? You know, I just realized as you said that, we never see that the, the special door in the Oval Office, do we? In this whole season. What special door? The one that looks like the um, wall. They don't have the... Well, no. They the, don't in, have one. In, in the real Oval Office, the doors to the hallway and to the uh, President's Secretary are... They're not doors on the inside. They look like they're wall with handles, and they come, but they don't carry them. Why? 
I don't know. Someone thought it would be artistically nice. I like that. Why do they have it, or why don't they have it? Why does it exist in real life? That's why just, is why would you want a door that looked like a wall? It, it's because be it's artistic. No, no, no. It, it looks artistic. It's on the wall. It looks like a plain wall. It doesn't look like there's doors, and it makes the room look that much more. That's not what I heard. Oh, well, you also thought that Toby was trying to connive the <laughs> government out of 125 million. What did you hear? What did you hear? Well, what I had always heard is that it was supposed to be because they were trying to model it off of, you know, the, the French palaces of, like, Louis, where it's supposed to be, like, in a palace, like, they have all the, you know, the cliché passageways like that, where it blends into the walls. That's what I heard. It's supposed to be, like, the American palace, basically. I like this here. How are you? Fine, thank you. How are you today? <laughs> completely, no, completely ignoring like the fact about the weather. That, that you just signed my name to a check. Like it's like completely ignoring the fact. Still in Nito, right? We're, we're so, still in Nito. <laughs> it reminds me awesome. of the episode where Charlie tries to throw his weight around and nearly like he commissions the Seventh Fleet. It's you know what you don't want to yep. sign. Well, when I think of all the signatures I forged in my 27 young years, it just scares me to think about if I ever forged, you know, Jed Barlow. You know what? I love this line. Hold on. I love this line right here. If we pull strings for every homeless veteran that shows up, I can only hope so, sir. They're all come out of the woodwork. I can only hope we can do this for every last one of them. That's what they came to do. Yay. I love Toby. Nice little. Oh, Mandy, bugger off. Mandy, Seriously. Mandy, I have an idea. Why don't you go lay down on the pad that the Marine One lands on and wait? <laughs> what, P.S.? What? Oh, you no, said, guys, 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 guys. Great moment here. Great moment. Oh, I like this guy. I'd like to come along. I know. I love Mrs. Landingham. I also think it's really cool that Mrs. Landingham is the only person on this whole, like, thing who I refer to by her last name. They all do. Bartlett calls yeah. her Mrs. Landingham. He's afraid to call her I think I just think that's really cool. It's like, what? Respect your secretary. She's the one who knows what's going on. Well, they have a very deep history. This is true. <clears throat> and you love the fact that Toby stopped off and bought flowers. You know that wasn't Mrs. Landingham. That was all Toby. Oh, yeah. That's just what you do. Because Toby, no, Toby knows the difficulty of having brothers. Yes. I love the way they shot the scene. I know. Like, everything about it just makes and me the, happy. And the, and the music and the... Yeah. Mm. I just went um, to a funeral for our co-worker's father a couple of weeks ago, and he had been... Um, he fought in... I think he was injured in Iwo Jima. I want to say he was a Marine, and the way it was set up in the cemetery was there was a tent, and I was outside the tent on the far side of the tent behind one of the beams holding the tent up. Uh, these guys were set up, and they did a, they did a, I believe, it wasn't 21-gun salute, but they did multiple shots fired, and then they folded the flag and handed it to uh, my friend's uh, mother. And when they shot the guns off, I had no idea they were even there because I was blocked by the beam. I think I jumped 27 feet in the air. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I, I love how everybody's the recoiling at the shots. I think it's realistic. I like that. Too. Well, you have to. It's Mrs. Lanningham right here too, is reliving the death of her sons, and it's Christmas, and she just misses her boys. And yeah, all, he gives the flight to Toby at first. Yeah, because who would you expect? It's the right. 
The guy in the suit. And you know what? There's no. It's it's the Bartlett theme. There's no press here. The press is never going to know what happened. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to Toby. He's not doing this for political points like Mandy would want to have. You know, the press corps there. The show with a decent guy. The president's chief of, uh, chief of communications is. It's just this is why we came here. And one of the things that Toby. There's an episode coming up later in the series where um, they have the ability to solve a major domestic crisis that's been brewing for a hundred years, let's say. You know, this huge, huge, huge thing that everyone loves to fight about but no one wants to fix because once you fix it, you can't fight about it anymore and then what are we going to do next? And Toby comes up with a way to fix it but they can't get any credit for it whatsoever and one of the more political people in the room, I think it's Josh, says, well, then, you know, then we can't, you know, we, we, no, one we can't will, do it. no one will know where we were in the room, and Toby says, we'll know. And that's Toby. And later in the series, you see Toby um, side more towards the reality of the situation and the duties and the nuts and bolts parts of the job that you have to that you have to accomplish. And um, you, you see other characters um, move more towards, you know, the, the, the ideology and, and, you know, the, the, the reality of well, actually, let me even take that back a little bit. Let me just rephrase that. You see, um, you really do see other characters become more optimistic and throw the reality of, of, of the day away because they believe in something. And they, they may believe in something for different reasons, but you see some characters become more hopeful towards the future, and you see other characters more locked into their daily schedule. <laughs> and you right. see who that is um, shift over the run of the series. So it's, it's very interesting um, where the show ends out. It rocks. It does rock. It's one of my favorites. Now, Mike, I'm sorry I, I yelled like- at I'm I'm sorry I yelled at you. Between the, the episode, because you thought Toby was a conniving embezzler. <laughs> he look like an embezzler. He is. Well, he's not embezzling. I mean, he's not Martha Stewart. I mean, he's not committing. You know. Did Martha Stewart look like an embezzler? Yeah. Insider trading. He's not Martha Stewart. He does not look that good and planned. <laughs> <laughs> let's not let's not go there. But um, yeah, just tremendous episode, and I think the shows just what the early seasons of The West Wing can be. Just great people. Yeah fighting for great ideas and coming up short, but that's okay. Oh, so wow. with that, we are done with this episode of the Puffball Exchange, and we will see you all back uh, in the next episode. See you later, guys. Bye, guys. What sound? Whoa, what is that? Oh. That is actually a car. Excellent motorcycle. Yeah. So you should just have like tap dancing behind you, Julia. This is very weird. There is no tap dancing of any sort behind me, but my mic is picking something up, and I can't think of what it is. That's the bell. It could be the large clock that's dinging. (laughs) (laughs) But it's not that! Back to the episode, folks. Back to the episode.